Hi everyone. Um, James is at a wedding right now. The past weeks have been super busy for both of us with alternate exciting projects. And we only had time to hang out like once in the past two weeks, which was actually fun. We got a little high on my roof and then danced to random songs from my phone. So life is good, <laughs> but there was no podcast happening, but we felt like I should put something out. So this is just a um, solo one from the Sizewoon Patreon, originally posted on September 8th this year. Um about just the constantly shape-shifting, adapting, evolving mantra, how it came to be, why I think it's important, how it helped me, um, amongst other phrases. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening to Illusion Pod, and we will be back soon. Oh, and also, this is from Patreon, so if you like this style, um, the link for the Patreon will be in the info segment of this episode. Thank you. All right, constantly shape-shifting, adapting, and evolving. I am constantly shape-shifting, adapting, and evolving. I want to say that that thought came to me, um, and then I made a meme after, but initially my issue was I had gotten back with a boyfriend. So this was like my big love or whatever. And it was like, we had, we were together, we broke up. Then we had like an on and off year, like obsessed with each other. Then we just like got back together for real to try again. And that lasted like two years. And, um, there was a moment like as we were getting together again, where I had all this like turmoil because I had just to kind of heal from our first breakup. I had adopted this like very big newfound independence where, I kind of, I was really into like cowgirl aesthetics and like cowboy music, you know, like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and stuff. And I just like really just like coddled myself in my like aloneness and in my art. And I started kind of like dating like a man, which I still do. <laughs> and I just became very like, res- like, like just I focus on my resilience and, you know, just like within this kind of energy of like independent cowgirl sad lonely but like getting through and like making art and writing kind of vibe and it really helped oh my god it helped me so much to become that character i i loved that time in my life (laughs) um but then i get back with this guy and then i'm just so confused because he was a very um very chill loving amazing person but also kind of like secretly extremely domestic and i mean secretly in the sense that their life and their choices did not align with somebody who was seeking a domestic life or like a stable life or like a household and kids you know they were like a a, like a wild musician just doing whatever (laughs) and so I think our biggest kind of standing issue was them kind of have this like this like secret internal world of like hoping for like a wife and kids and like stability And also, like, valuing the love of a woman more than anything, but kind of being ashamed and hiding that. And then the outer veneer of just this kind of, like, wild musician that can do whatever and is usually broke, you know, and things like that. So I was starting to face that reality of being with someone who probably wanted commitment and, like, domestication eventually. And I just got lost in my head and I was like, who am I? Like, am I the independent cowgirl or am I the like romantic, loving, committed forever person? Because there are aspects of me in both. I definitely want a committed, devoted relationship more than anything, always. That's always what I want because I find them to be more fun and exciting and dimensional (laughs) and interesting um, and more challenging, I guess. So there's that aspect of me, but then there's also the person who like puts, you know, her art and her creations before everything, values independence to a great degree, needs to have days where they don't speak to anybody at all. And I was like, who am I? Like, I was like, who am I supposed to be? And then it kind of got interwined with the whole kind of like feminist conversation because I I was taking a um, women in film class only like a year prior that really like exposed kind of in films the way that we are put in tropes where it's like there's the career woman the independent career woman and then there's the loving mother and all of that was kind of mixing together in my brain and I was like I am literally all of those things (laughs) I was like I am all of those things 
and it was such a meaningful moment to the point where I remember where I was in my apartment like I remember just being in there and writing it down in my notes on my phone because I was it was the first time I had ever realized that like literally like I think I was 22 and I was like I've been living my whole life as if I had to pick one like I had to pick if I was nurturing lover lady or um edgy career person and especially in the gaze of men that I'm attracted to or want relationships with it was always like how do I show them that I'm fit for this this version or like this this thing that they want when in reality like oh my god like I'm (laughs) I'm everything (laughs) and it was such a huge thing to me like it was a huge realization it was an enormous realization and I started to apply it to other things and thinking about all the places in my life where I've just been wrong (laughs) essentially and too centered in making certain conditions my extreme identity Um, another one that I really attached to was being an introvert because I at the time when I was having this first thought I was extremely introverted like I didn't want any friends I remember also the concept of having a boyfriend felt really daunting as well because I didn't want to hang out with his friends. I didn't want a whole other group of friends. I didn't want to like have any more time away from the art I was making um, and I was doing way more then than I was now. And um, I was just like, I'm antisocial. I'm an introvert and I need to claim that and I need everyone to know it and leave me alone. <laughs> Um, that was another thing too and I was like well if I'm such an introvert then why did this happen why did this happen why did this happen and like all these events in the past where I was a social butterfly or the life of a party or really funny in the friend group or something that normally wouldn't be an introverted trait or the times where I did really want to go out and have fun you know and I was like okay well then why did that happen if I'm such an introvert you know from birth to death (laughs) Um, and I started to get really like confused and annoyed and also have this feeling that I had been had, you know, like I was like, when did I believe all this? Like, when did I believe that I had to always choose? And the issue with that is like, there is some value obviously in like words, like introvert and extrovert giving you an explanation for certain behavior, but there's also a lot of value in not doing that because when you find yourself straying out of something, you're going to feel this illusory strain that doesn't exist it's like me being like i'm an introvert i'm an introvert i'm an introvert and sticking to that to the point where when it's time for me to go out and just simply enjoy a dinner with my boyfriend's friends i'm so you know stuffed up with my own identity main maintenance of being an introvert that i trick myself into not even enjoying that and then going home and being like well it's because i'm an introvert you know instead of being like hey every situation is different some days I really get a lot out of opening up to people and going out and, you know, just even if they're strangers and other days I don't and I need to just go see. (laughs) Why not go see uh, and be open to it? And um, it really changed my life, of course. But for me, what was the real, real need to explore this was to rid myself of the suffering I felt when I changed conditions. That was the absolute big reason. Like that was me noticing that when I switched, like when I felt more career motivated and then when I felt more romance motivated, that the switch for me was so painful. Like it was like this, this like mental and emotional like sizing and suffering and I was like this doesn't need to happen because if the if the fact of the matter is that I'm changing all the time and that situations bring different things out of me certain eras when I say era I mean like a chunk of months or even years where you find yourself in a similar condition um I was like that's wild I mean the fact that I can have a really positive morning and and be social and a ray of sunshine and then have a really depressing night like I need to be aware of that as a fact because when I'm aware of it as a fact and a truth in my life it doesn't isn't it isn't this shocking struggle every day right so I was like what have I been doing I'm, I'm literally setting myself up for failure when I say I'm this person I'm this personality I'm this 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 and it also makes me not and then it turned into another thing of um of um what am I missing out on? You know, when you think of, oh, I create my own reality, I create the vastness that I witness, I was like, 
I'm also fucking myself <laughs> by making my world this small. I live the life of an introverted, independent-seeking cowgirl that struggles to devote myself. Like, And it's like, okay, now that I'm in that title and that story, I'm going to live my life as that character when I could literally just look at the actual truth, which is like the character's shifting. And by not committing to that character... I open myself up to just like worlds that I never even imagined as this vessel <laughs> going through a series of quests in this life that are constantly shifting. Like it just, it was so, such a fact to me. Like it like stung me. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I love when realizations make you mad because it's usually you realizing an illusion you had. Um, but then the first, the first time it became public, that phrase, and I want to talk about the phrase itself because I'm very specific about the words. There's a reason why I said shape-shifting, there's a reason I said adapting, there's a reason I said evolving, very specifically so. Um, so the first meme was one of those memes where there's like the brain, like the little brain, and then the, the brain circuits lighting up, and then the third one is like the brain circuits like lighting up and like shooting out, like that classic meme. So the first one, first image has a little brain, and it says, wow, I've been spending so much time inside and isolated, I must be an introvert, or maybe I just don't relate to others, question mark? And then like second brain which lights up a little more and says wait whoa i've been so social lately and actually enjoying it maybe i'm not an isolating introvert type like i thought maybe i really enjoy company i should take a personality quiz and then the third one uh with the brain lighting up says i am not a fixed ever-changing oh i am <laughs> i am i am a non-fixed ever-changing being full of varying conditions that come out at different times in my life or even within a day i am constantly adapting shape-shifting and evolving and it's funny because i eventually um i just shared it to my story <laughs> i eventually changed the the, the um, order of the words shape-shifting adapting evolving so the word shape-shifting was very important to me because i think it's in line with the fact that like changing and healing is not linear and to me shape-shifting was a really honest way of saying like you can shape-shift into one condition and then go back to an old one like you can go back and forth you know sometimes I feel like my teen self sometimes I feel like my inner child sometimes I feel like a freaking old lady like my future self you know and it's like shape-shifting to me is the idea that we're like nothing really goes away and I think a lot of um a lot of wording for changing and shifting seems to imply that like oh you're changing into this new form and that's forever until you change again when in reality like healing changing reflecting all of that kind of doesn't fit by the rules of time and space like you kind of can find yourself going back and forth and with healing especially like if you commit yourself to a new mindset or let's say non-reactivity for an example and you're going to be like i'm going to be non-reactive or i'm going to start implementing this type of behavior in my dating and in my texting culture um, and then you find yourself slipping up and that's what shape-shifting is is like you shape-shifted to that higher self for a second and then you shape-shifted back to your perception of the lower self and you're going back and forth and you know same thing with getting sober I mean a lot of people talk about the sober journey sober sober journey it's like you're your journey towards sobriety isn't fucked up because you relapsed a couple times but then are still committed to that sobriety and eventually get there it's like that's the shape-shifting you know and i just felt like shape-shifting was such an honest word and also a very freeing word in the sense that i think another thing that freaks people out about changing is you think you can't go back it's like oh if i try on this lifestyle if i if i focus on this um you know, who, what am I going to lose? You know, am I going to lose myself? I remember somebody asking me, um, they were saying, and they were saying something along the lines of, you know, I'm like a very like playful, like funny person. And, um, I think they came from like a Latin culture and now they found themselves working in like a stuffy office and they're like, I'm going to start work here and it's like a good thing for me, but I'm just afraid that I'm going to lose, <laughs> I'm going to lose myself. Like I'm going to lose my identity <laughs> um, as this like passionate, fun person because I'm working in this stuffy office. And I was like, okay, I used to think the same way. And then I realized like we make up this world where we lose a part of ourselves and like sell our soul to get something else. When sometimes these behaviors are just an add on, like, you experiencing who you are in an office is an add-on it's an exciting add-on it's like how do i navigate this world as this character um 
and not only is it an add-on it's like you don't know what that office needs like you're implying that like everyone there is like stuffy and useless but it's like maybe they do need someone in there that has a little more like humor and life in them and they're gonna love you and you're gonna change the culture and like succeed you know things like that um and I was like, just see it as an add-on. And if it does end up depleting you, then you can make the choice and, and arrange your life again. But first and foremost, see every experience that you don't really resonate with or a culture or community that you don't understand. Like, see it as like, how can I understand this language here and this way of being here? And now I have another language under my belt, like another condition under my belt. And that's a superpower, you know? And I think what taught me that lesson was going from like in high school like um i was going to parties where you'd like dance like you'd fucking dance and like do molly and like fucking fuck around and just be wild that was the point of partying like those were the people i grew up around and then when i got to like 2021 and i was living with james and james's friends were a bit more like they were all like college educated like white people which i wasn't around before like, like i was at my high school and i just had this group of friends where it was like all we would want to do was like smoke weed and like party <laughs> and um then i was in these and they, these weren't people who were having like intellectual conversations <laughs> or you know i wasn't around that it was like everything was about being funny and chill right and um then i go to these other friends that were like going to like usc and like were really intellectual like it was the first time in my life not intellectual was like oh they were like smarter but just like the way they carried themselves was like everything was about what are you doing and what's going on in like your head <laughs> not like can we laugh and dance you know what i mean so we'd go to parties and it was the first time people were asking me like what do you do like what do you do what do you and then also there were people from who weren't from la so i went from hanging out with just like la kids trying to like vibe by the beach and like get high and um to being around kids that were like sitting in like <laughs> a living room being like you know i'm here from another state and i want to know what you do because i want to know where i fit in there and <laughs> and i remember it just pissed me off i was so annoyed i was so sad and i thought i was losing myself i was like i'm gonna forget how to dance around these people i'm gonna be less funny and it did happen actually i remember there was a moment where i was hanging around sort of more like stuffy like college educated friends and i started going to like breakfasts more and like caring about how i dressed a little more in a more kind of like adult la way and i remember one day i was like dancing in the mirror and it looked so bad and i was like okay i haven't danced in months being around these people and <laughs> so it was true in a sense but then i had to like dial it back and be like no like because here's the thing is like i had those things i would get so mad i would be in these like college places just being like this is not fun why can't anybody be fun and then of course it was like the race stuff would come into it and i would be like it's because everyone's white and educated <laughs> and which i did not like that anymore but i would take it there and then um and then i realized this is a good skill to have it's a good skill to have to be able to sit and have a fucking conversation with somebody about what i do and what they do and I need to just be confident in the fact that I'm able to be the chill, fun, get high girl <laughs> and that I'm now learning this other character that I can be, which is the person that could sit with somebody who's very academic and intellectual about things and have a conversation and not feel stupid. <laughs> and I think I look back and I'm like, the reason why it challenged me so much was because I just simply didn't understand. And we could always almost go as far as to say, I didn't understand but I also like couldn't participate like I was so tied to the identity of being the fun chill one <laughs> that I was so I was faced with this like new like culture of speaking and being in a room and it challenged me and at the time I couldn't admit hey I, I feel I feel dumb now <laughs> you know instead I was like these people don't know how to have fun <laughs> but you know I work through it and I look back and I'm like I'm so grateful for that time because I didn't have any other insight into that world before then like I didn't have you know friends that had like professor parents and stuff like that like and it was really helpful for me it was helpful for me to just be around that and kind of absorb that emotion in that world because that world does exist and that world is going to come up especially if i'm in art and writing circles it's like not everyone's just going to want to chill and sit back and like do graffiti work like you know and 
it changed me. It changed me, and it also made me realize that if I wasn't going to be able to go to college because of the money and everything, like, I can at least practice what college can give you, which is just a very theoretical, analytical, intellectual way of looking at things and talking to people. So that was another shape-shifting moment, (laughs) you know? It was like, okay, I don't have to tie to the identity of, like, you know, DIY chill Latina, like, (laughs) you know, like, I don't have to. I can, uh, I can do anything. So that was that. (laughs) Um, So shape-shifting, exactly. It's like being able to shape-shift from those two conditions and being like, yeah, I can fucking, you know, shake my ass and laugh and wear, like, tight pants at this party and I can also go to this one and wear, like, a long black dress and, like, a coat and sit the whole time and, uh, talk about the cultural climate (laughs) like I can do both why not um and then I think it became addicting to be able to be everything but uh (laughs) shape-shifting that's a really good example of it so just even visually when I see the word shape-shifting I just think of myself as like an amorphous blob that's like spawning in different places and that's really what I see um I also think shape-shifting has a really good um a really good stand when it comes to things like gender and sexuality, which I think ebb and flow and should be able to. Um, we should be able to be in those like gray areas. You know, we should be able to say, oh, I feel really feminine today or I feel masculine today or I don't think those things exist. Like we should be able to kind of do whatever we want with our expression in that way. Um, and I think shape-shifting is great for that as well because I think some conversations I see, especially with, like, non-binary and transness, is, like, you're either one or the other, like, you're either straight or you're queer or you're straight or you're trans, um, but I'm seeing more and more people talk about their experience, and it's way more, uh, amorphous than that, you know, some people will go all the way in one direction and then dial it back or, like, feel away but don't feel the need to physically express it, and it's just, like, there's so many different ways, and it's, like, you might feel one, one way in one era of your life and another, and I just think giving ourselves the freedom to do that is just so helpful because not only does it take this weight off your back, <laughs> um, it opens up your world, and I think it deeply um, relates to manifestation too because if there is no space for something, then you can't have it, and to give yourself that space by not you know, tying too much to an identity is a really powerful thing. Uh, next thing is my favorite part of the phrase, adapting. I might have said my favorite was shapeshifting, but adapting is actually my favorite in case I said shapeshifting was. Adapting is my favorite because I think so much airtime is given to how tough changing can be and not as much airtime is given to how peaceful and amazing adapting can be and how both are actually equally part of our human condition and our world condition um, like by nature you know what I mean adapting like we are adaptive animals like the fact that you know you and I adapt to different weather different climates we can travel in an airplane up in the sky like you know we um if one if one sense gets low the other one's magnified like all these things that the body does naturally on a biological like physical level like is so fascinating um and that's also something that happens emotionally and in situations you know it's like I look back and I think of all the times I was afraid of, like, getting my first job or, like, becoming a babysitter. Like, I became a babysitter when I was, like, 14 for a three-month-old kid. And I was, like, terrified of this, like, baby whose, like, neck I had to support. And then it became so easy and we were, like, BFFs and it was, like, the easiest job ever. And I haven't babysat in years and years. And when I think of it now, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so scary. I was responsible for a baby. But it's, like, yeah, I adapted. It became my regular. Like, it became I was able to do it. Um, same with every job I've done, same with getting my own apartment. I mean, the thought of me getting an apartment by myself and going through the whole process by myself would have been outstanding to me. It feels outstanding now because it's been a while, like going to fucking Hawaii and like everything. It's like all of it sounds so crazy until you adapt and it's your norm and then yourself catches up with yourself. And I think the remembrance of adapting as a fact is also just so freeing because it's almost like your future self in the future saying, hey, you're really freaking out right now or you're really scared to do this thing right now, but just know that you've adapted before and that not only have you adapted before, but it's your nature. It's not even this thing that takes much effort. It's just kind of a fact, you know? Like how many, we're at an age now where you can kind of watch yourself and other people you know, get this job that they're, like, so afraid to get, and they're so scared for the interview, and they're like, oh my god, I can't wait, this is gonna change my life, 
and they've been in the job for two years and now they're ready to leave and they're tired and they're over it and that's adapting you know what I mean that's adapting and evolving out of something but I think facing adapting as just such a right like a human right you know and that's what those are the my favorite things that I talk about are things that I feel like are so true like so you could just like viscerally feel them it's like adapting is us like we've adapted this far as a culture I mean who knows what's gonna happen maybe there's a ceiling for that I'm sure that there is but there's so much evidence of how adaptive we can be um and especially in those you know pesky situations like jobs and and getting apartments and you know coming into your success like you know I can tell you now I I have my moments like I spoke in the beginning like this is the first time I'm kind of noticing stuff with friends and peers and that's something I'm gonna have to adapt to but I have adapted to the feeling of having money like being able to buy things it it was really freaky for me for a year and I was I was just so freaked out I was like uh, who am I now who am I now that I can do this and I am adapting and like new challenges are coming up but even stuff like that even good stuff you need to adapt to adapting to good stuff is just as hard as adapting to bad things sometimes you know because they're changing your condition and they're changing your world and sometimes getting a job that you really really wanted and really like it's like it's freaky too the adapting process hurts just like shape-shifting hurts um but adapting is a fact um and I just think it's wild how often I forget and we forget just how constant and familiar that pattern is. You know, the shape-shifting and the adapting, the shape-shifting and the adapting. It's like the, you know, the amorphous blob, like rising and falling and spawning and everything. Um, and then the last phrase, evolving, which I think is just the classic classic ending the implication that that this is the process to get to higher states and i do truly believe that i feel giving yourself the room to shapeshift evolve and do new things shapeshift and adapt and do new things lead to an evolving of the self whether that evolving is actually you know tangibly evolving you know in your goals your tangible earth goals whether that's a money goal a relationship goal a you know um home things you know like just (laughs) I always consider these like the astrology points, like career, love, and uh, whatever, (laughs) career and love, um, health, career, love, health, like these things, or if you're evolving in your awareness of your ability to be this person, I think that's the most exciting thing for me is just experience and awareness, like the evolving of my awareness of listening and having as many conversations as I can with people to have this like bigger idea of what the world's like feeling and thinking um and yeah it's like what do you want to evolve like right now like what is your and usually they feed into each other I feel like the more I evolve my vision of the world and what's available and how people feel the bigger that my life gets and the bigger that my life gets the bigger my like tangible successes get um and to me that's what evolving is and I will say that that phrase, I am constantly shape-shifting, adapting, and evolving, was really just the first step of what I feel like was my, like, awakening, <laughs> and, like, I really feel that way. Like, I think it began truly with um, minusing things out, and it was the adventure of, like, practicing non-reactivity, learning to be alone, um, those themes in my early 20s, and then it came to this head of okay we've done this work like we've gotten rid of the some of the poison and like what is the outlook to take in life and suffer less and it was really just that i'm constantly shape-shifting adapting (laughs) and evolving and that is something that i can carry forever and i began to use it and it made me really skeptical of other things i got really skeptical of astrology for a while and i always like to remind people i think astrology is wonderful with a good astrologer who has like a vast understanding but astrology as we were experiencing it especially in meme culture and on the internet was like all gemini's are like this and all virgos are like this and all scorpios are like this and let's just group them all together and i think that's funny i understand the fun in that but it got to a point where like it wasn't fun anymore it was like people were being given identities that they didn't have people were uh, attaching to identities that they didn't have or attaching to like life sentences essentially of like who they were and how they should be based on these kind of interpreters of what astrology is and i don't think astrology should be memed um 
I think it was funny for a while, but then when I started seeing the actual, like, ramifications of people at parties, like, acting that way or dating certain signs, I was like, I don't know, you guys, like, the chart is very vast, astrology is very vast, and, like, I would only trust, like, a reading from, like, an actual astrologer that knows, like, the whole thing. I wouldn't trust, like, a meme that's, like, Aries and Virgo get together and whatever, you know, like, there's just so much to it. So... Uh, that was my first thing that really helped me because I was really into astrology at the time and a lot of divination that was making me really on one end of things. Um, Also, you know, I talked about this in the cancel culture episode, like breaking away from the identity of identity politics in in terms of how I grew up and how I'm perceived and if I'm a POC or a white person, depending on the (laughs) condition in the day and who's looking at me and all these things, I was like, you know what, like I, this is not helping. Like, it's just not helping, you know, it helped me heal some stuff, but in the end, like, do I want to live every day as someone who needs to, like, repeat my parents, like, finances all the time as, like, some kind of redemption narrative, and, like, I know that people like that, and sometimes it feels necessary to, like, tell this story and inspire people, because my biggest thing is, like, my only qualm with that is that if people think, that I'm actually a trust fund kid, this won't reach, this information won't reach the people who need it, you know what I mean, the people who are me, like, a teenager being told, like, you have to go to college, or you won't be anything, and then my parents being like, we can't do that for you, you know, like, like, I I want people to hear that, and I think changing my context doesn't do anything, but damage that that's the only reason why I have to like repeat that story but on a personal level I feel really detached from that story and I find that story only necessary for people who need to like access my work from that context of knowing that it's not coming from this like girl who went to like a retreat in Bali and then like not that there's anything wrong with that but I just like I don't trust those people because they're not speaking to an experience I've had like I couldn't relate to someone who just like grew up in like um, a great family and went to like a great college and then like went on a retreat and came back with knowledge like that just doesn't work for me because I need someone who tangibly like had to like build and like manifest from like nothing basically (laughs) you know what I mean like that's what I need to hear because that's where I'm at you know whereas I think this kind of like lighter flitty manifestation can work for other people who didn't have to start there but um that's the only reason why the story needs to be told but on a personal level I am so detached from that fucking story I'm so detached from my story of like oh my god, like, my immigrant parents and blah blah blah, like, fuck off, like, (laughs) okay, like, I'm here now and working within those things, and they are necessary stories, like I said, for certain points to go home or certain understanding, but on a personal level, it's like, I could be anything, I'm the most, like, fluid being, (laughs) like, I could be anything, and I'm, you know, I'm attached from gender, I'm detached from sexuality, like, I really am and I also don't feel the need to like claim that all the time like for me that's a personal adventure of like okay this is what I need from my sexual experiences right now but I don't feel I'm in either direction you know like and I think a lot of people don't (laughs) I think that's the future I think the future there's not going to be these intense bounds um and importance placed on identity because we'll be closer to the reality that like personality is ever-changing and situational um there is a really great uh great podcast that i always reference which i found later on um it's called the personality myth and uh just google that that's the name of it just put it in spotify and that one's a really wonderful podcast that really relates to the uh, shape-shifting sentiment um because it basically says um it starts with them interviewing people that just got married out of a courthouse and they interview them and they're like what do you like about this person tell me about their personality (laughs) and it's it's kind of like sets up this idea that um you know we think that we know people's personalities we think that people are very um concrete in who they are and then it kind of goes into all these studies like that have happened that really show that personality is actually situational and heavily affected by what situation you're in what community you're in Uh, what your influences are that are constantly shifting so you know anyone who has lived a big life with a lot of different people and different crowds you know I like listening to those people (laughs) because I know that they have shifted a lot and they might not even have a real personality (laughs) that I understand you know um absolutely I think it's a wonderful way to live and once again with all things I share here it's like you know there are 
um, people like Muji, for example, um, Muji Baba in Portugal, who has like an ashram where people go and they rid themselves of all identity. They're not allowed to say the word I, things like that. And like, that's a fun practice, I guess, if you sign up for it. But I do feel like with these sentiments, like I'm constantly shape-shifting and evolving. It's not to say, hey, like, completely detached from all ego and identity and become a ball of gas that would be great but that's impossible and i always like to remind people it's like no we're still here like we're still within society we're still bound by gravity on earth we still have to um you know follow the rules of matter (laughs) so when you assign to kind of these ways of living it's like use it to your benefit to achieve less suffering and if you find yourself using it as and escape or whatever it's just like stay vigilant but never think that you can fully go into that direction you know i feel like it's just a prescription for day-to-day not suffering it's for you know not suffering through um an apartment change not suffering through a relationship not suffering through a new job not suffering through just a thought you know because why (laughs) why bother um you know but don't restrict yourself from like i don't know having fun with your identity or choosing to be something for a while i had this teacher my like super hippie like meditation teacher in high school um who was like um she used to always say try it on (laughs) she used to always say just try it on like she'd tell us about some like spiritual thing or like meditation or um like we did past life regression just like all these like little activities and she was like just try it on if you don't like it you can take it off and I love that. In fact, I feel emotional thinking about it because she definitely had an effect on me. Um, but yeah, just try it on. Like, that's what I also like about shape shifting. The word shape shifting is like, yeah, try it on. You know, you want to be this person for a while? Try it on. You know, the only thing that we really have to pull up against is that we live in such a binary society that's obsessed with us um, showing people exactly who we are and proving who we are. And I think it also mixes with my kind of like recent, like, you know skepticism of like how i see cancel culture playing out is like it creates a very strained space for identity and expression and and figuring out who you are you know um and there will always be people who think oh she was being like this last year and now she's being like this like what's wrong with her and then there's always gonna be people like me who are like sick i'm watching this girl fucking change and evolve you know (laughs) um and that's a fact and that might scare people but i I really feel bad for the people that don't allow others change because that means they're not shape-shifting and on and on um but we that's our right i think it's our right and not only do do i think it's our right i think it's almost like fucking i don't know like important like i think it's so important to like be able to shape-shift i think it speaks to energy i think it speaks to the soul i think it gives more discovery than anything uh, and I'm really into it <laughs> and excited about it. Um, and I guess I'll just say a couple more um, little mantras. I mean, the cyborg in me recognizes the cyborg in you, which I have the original um, the original transparency that we used to make a screen when I first... Like, I had to go in and I made the screen myself. And then I brought it to these, like, guys in downtown that made the tote bags. That was, like, the very first thing I did. Um and i have the transparency on my vision board but the cyborg in me recognizes the cyborg in you started as a meme that i made and it was a play on um namaste which translates translates to the divine in me recognizes the divine in you some people say it's the light in me recognizes the divine in you i mean the light in me recognizes the light in you but that's what namaste translates to and so i thought it would be funny to like play on that and be like the cyborg in me recognizes the cyborg in you and um the word cyborg really came from the what was that thing the cyborg manifesto by was it donna haraway someone showed that to me when i was working at the hammer um but it really came from another kind of illusion an issue i had where i was struggling so much with the internet and i was one of those people that were treating the internet like our social media and everything like this alien that had like descended on society and was like ruining us and I found myself thinking like that and I was like wait but I use it every day it's connecting me to a lot of people I'm making um you know I was able to like fundraise for that was a time when I was still like fundraising for stuff and I was like I've been able to like support myself in little ways and like share my art so it's like there are good things about this and I was like 
you know, Uber has saved my life as like a carless person. Um, being able to look at restaurants and like their menus and all these little things that basically my phone does for me. And I was like, okay, I have a choice to make. I either suffer constantly in this mindset of like the internet's bad and social media is bad and I'm still on it every day, but I want you guys to know that I know it's terrible. Or I'll just say, hey, I'm going to focus on what's good about this thing and be really vigilant about how I use it. And that's what I'll do. And I was like, you know what? That's it. And then I came up with that. The cyborg in me recognizes the cyborg in you, which is like, hey, I'm on your, my phone. You're on your phone. We're ordering Postmates. So we're getting Ubers. Like, we're doing this thing. Because, you know, Elon Musk actually said this later on after I came up with cyborg in me and internalized this phrase. But he said it really well where he said the phone, just because the phone's in our hand and not like in our brains doesn't change the fact that it's very cyborgian to refer to our phones for everything you know we make reservations to eat we get food delivered to our house that we need to eat to survive we you know look at the directions to the nearest grocery store we um contact everybody in the snap of a finger we date you know everything is in our phones and if you think about it imagine if your phone was like stitched into your head and instead of your in your you know what I mean like it's just like it doesn't take it's such a small distance from like a true cyborg of like having this thing like stitched onto you as like a control center um but just because it's in our hands and we can chuck it in the water anytime we want even though we're not going to do that we're still cyborgs like the way that we live now and like yeah you can not be like you can make a choice to like live super like locally (laughs) and like use the yellow pages but like why bother if like there's a much easier way you know um so it was kind of cyborg in me recognizes the cyborg in you it was almost like a playful humorous like celebration of like the reality that we're in um and choosing to say hey like well i'm doing it and if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be okay with it and it's something that i always share also about like dating men you know it's like if i'm gonna date men if i'm gonna be attracted to men if i'm gonna desire penetration like all the time like why adopt this entire like world where like every man's out to get me and I hate men and I hate men and I'm making videos about how I hate men and da, da, da. like why don't I just like I this is what I'm choosing why don't I find a way to enjoy it and grow with it um you know and that doesn't mean ignore all chris- criticism and be ignorant it means what weight am I carrying that I don't have to wait like carry <laughs> you know what I mean like how do I rise above this? How do I like make this my bitch? Like, how do I turn this into a tool or just like a addition to my life? Um, and that's how I feel about everything. You know, I feel like there's this really common feature <laughs> that I keep seeing where, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, I <laughs> like I, there was a whole article on like how somebody was like skims makes the best shapewear, but like Kim Kardashian made it. Isn't that so sad? And it's like, okay like do we want to live our lives all the time like with a big apology all the time like is everything a big apology like i'm sure you know skims is run by kim kardashian but she probably does more for the world than half the corporations in your house right now you know the appliances and everything that like go under the radar (laughs) radar but you know and it's like this funny world where we're always like oh i love my phone but like i'm sorry like it sucks or like i love men but like no i hate them and like it sucks that I wish I didn't love them and it's like is that how you want to live like just on a mindset level like even if there's truth to that like who wants to carry that weight like I don't want to like why (laughs) you know um and it's so fun I think it's so great to live this way because it's like yeah you have all the information you know what to look out for you know what's annoying and what's wrong I almost feel like it's like having a body all this stuff it's like I have this body and like you know it gave me a uti it gives me yeast infections you know i got covid last month like my body is like full of bullshit that can happen and can turn against me one day it'll die you know but am i gonna is it is it healthy every day to live your life carrying that weight of that possibility or that liability all the time no i've done it before I had like two years of that I remember where it was just like I was treating my body like this foreign liability in this like prison and I was like okay there's truth to that it's valid <laughs> but is that how I want to live no and that's how I feel about the internet that's how I feel about men that's how I feel about being cyborgian it's like here we are you guys we're here 
you know, you're listening to me speak into a microphone from the past and it's now feeding out of your speaker in some way, whether you're wearing headphones or you're in a car or at your computer, whatever. I mean, that's what we're doing, you know? That's a good part of being a cyborg today is these moments, fun moments. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the cyborg and me moment was also a very, very big reflection. And I think that's when I committed to saying, okay, the internet's my friend when I decide it is and I'm here I'm here for it I'm not gonna carry not gonna carry the weight of shame that's really what it is I think we carry a lot of shame for just liking things or finding ourselves falling for a bit whether that's skims or social media and I just have to say I mean if you're not if you're doing it and you're liking it just claim it dude just claim it what is the point of us apologizing for the things that we like or calling things guilty pleasures or is it just to tell everyone that we're self-aware like assuring them hey trust me like (laughs) i think i think before i embrace men and the internet and skims you know it's like a weird game that we play some people need it i guess but i don't know it seems a little fake to me um cyborg and me recognize cyborg and you wonderful um another one i can say is um the 888 infinity symbol that one is really incredible for me because when i was okay angel numbers for me they're getting a little confusing i think with all divination uh if something's really exclusive and private it's really abundant and then it gets a little too mainstream and now it's like you see them everywhere and now it's a little bit you know what I mean? So with angel numbers, I'm having that, but they used to be really potent for me. I think uh, 333 was my biggest one when I was really getting into witchcraft and divination in like, like 2015, 2014. And 333 would show up all the time while I was like beginning my like spiritual journey and feeling like I was like in contact with like spirits and having more like spiritual dreams and traveling and stuff 333 was everywhere and that made me a believer in angel numbers because 333 is also the most spiritual one even if you look at the number three repeated three times three across the board and like every so many different cultures it's like a divine number things happen in threes um also three um refers to like father son holy spirit so three kind of implies like um mind body soul you know what i mean like three so when i was really focusing on that and thinking about spirituality three through three was coming up a lot and then as i began to you know size soon began to grow and i was like making merch and i was like whoa like this can actually maybe make me like leave my day job like this is wild and i started manifesting more tangible things 888 was absolutely everywhere everywhere absolutely everywhere and i'll never forget um when taylor and i queen tay tarot on Instagram when we went out to the desert together 888 was everywhere <laughs> and she was going through a new abundant time as well and I kind of like watched her have her 888 moment and it just really like hammered it in for me that like 333 was a spiritual number for me and 888 was a money one and this was also I will say this was before I felt like angel numbers were being like widely talked about like I think there was something that like a few people liked but now they're like everywhere and at the time I didn't there was nothing out there that said like oh like there was just like oh all of these me and like like something spiritual whatever and it wasn't until way later that I found out that 888 does actually pertain to money and finances and I think China refers to 8 as the most lucky number so I was like 888 is tangible realm like to me 888 is uh tangible earth it's finances it's material things it's material advancement which dominates so much of our lives you know as much as we go through day and day feeling like emotional spiritual beings it's like a lot of our days are ruled by our resources and 888 is the resources number and the manifestation number um but to me it's like it is earth like 888 is the earth experience um and on top of that i think the coolest thing about the number eight is that it looks like an infinity symbol and the thing that i also realized around that time was that a lot of natural um like natural structures or like physical structures in the world have the infinity symbol within them even the earth's current if you look at um images of the earth's magnetic field it's shaped like a infinity symbol if you look at the inside of you know like a peach or even the like our um if you look at a diagram of um like the head like i forgot what word you have to look up but there's like a diagram of like how the head 
like the energy in the head that like if it's not balanced it leads to like vertigo like basically like the balance between the ears like in your upper face shaped like an infinity and like all this stuff and so when i kind of like adopted the infinity symbol as like the design of life and then seeing that in the number eight it's just like all kind of connected in like a trippy way and i wasn't even on drugs or anything you know so it was great um and just like infinity to me being the truth because the infinity symbol essentially says we live in a world of give or take in constant motion and there is varying degrees but you're constantly looping between the two so i feel like the infinity symbol is a wonderful way of saying hey we live in a gray area we live on a spectrum but there are binaries like you could be on this end or this end but never are you really stuck on either one you know what i mean you can for a little bit but the movement is always there for you and is more so the truth and then also with manifestation the concept or given give and take or with relationships or with anything in the world give and take is just so clear <laughs> to me you know it's like the the reality that you give the, the the brain power you give to something it really does come back and i think we can all agree that that's true even beyond like woo woo vibes like it's just kind of like weirdly true um and so having that shape in play you know so having that influence with the 888 and then stacking it with infinity symbols to me was just like a testament to like you know the moment that 888 came into my life and like was bay um so that's a big one so for me the 888 symbol that i put on like hats and stuff is literally just it feels very material to me it feels very of the earth it feels very human success oriented um and also kind of and just like manifestation in general to me it's a very manifesty number like when i wear it while i like walk or run i feel like in tune with that like <laughs> sentiment you know of like you know because i have to like manifest run like i have to like push myself to like work out so it's like it fits with that that vibe too of like all these little human things we have to do <laughs> and how do i make them move and happen and understand the give and take there so that's really fun um and i guess well the infinity mirror which i'm looking at right now in my room i have a poster that says infinity mirror i have this belief that we live in the infinity infinity mirror which goes hand in hand with like the cyborg experience which is just that like especially our current consciousness right now is just like the constant process of showing ourselves to ourselves and constantly like making art about ourselves and processing ourselves i even think the invention of social media and video games and all this technology right now like deeply reflects the fact that we like are characters and that we are, are observing ourselves in this world and that the same way that we can kind of like pick an avatar and pick a character to run around a video game in the same way that we can kind of create a social media profile about ourselves which is never going to be like fully us it's always going to be kind of like a tweaked character designed for like a purpose whether that purpose is getting your crush's attention or starting a business like there's so many degrees of it um it is still a character a designed character um in which to complete a quest <laughs> and i feel like the way that like social media is like the number one thing on the internet and this like communication it just like shows us to ourselves over and over again and it just is going to keep doing that like i think ever since we like looked into a puddle of water or invented the mirror life has just been a series of self-expression like on a loop and telling the world what we are from a spiritual perspective honestly because as the observer and the performer like i think a lot of the infinity mirror is of just us just coming to terms with the fact that like we are observing our character go through life and go through a quest um and i kind of see that in all like the like new inventions <laughs> and stuff and um that we're all i think we're just in an infinity mirror like i don't know i think that's really what it is i think everything that's meant to be known is already known or at least hinted at and at this point we're just still attached to like our infinity mirror of like righteousness and processing and self-expression and that's kind of just it <laughs> i think we are in an infinity mirror the internet's an infinity mirror every day even just existing you know it's like how how often are we just like going through life trying to find a reflection whether it's in the reflection of someone or something that reflects back to us how we want to feel or something that reflects how we don't want to feel so we can choose how we do feel you know i think so much of life is that so i think we live in an infinity mirror <laughs> that's another catchphrase i'm probably going to be using that more the more that i understand it but i put it in some drawings um not a bot 
I don't know if I talked, I talked about that a bit with James, but I didn't get too into it. But for me, the not a bot thing really came from like the cancel, recent cancel moment because it just felt like, I don't know, I'm just getting to this point with these things where I'm like, everyone's saying the same shit over and over again. Like, and it's the same stuff that I've seen elsewhere and they think that they're saying something new, but like, I just feel like people are taking information from like infographics or something and then just like repeating it over and over. And I'm like, where's like your opinion? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, are we all just like working for free, like in this like weird machine and like not really looking at what we're doing or like understanding the like clear nuances that happen day to day that are off the internet. Like, so I was just like, life feels like bots. The internet feels like bots, you know? And I was feeling like a bot as someone who had to like partake in that discourse for a while. Um, and I just think that a lot of like content online and ways that we're supposed to speak for ourselves. And I see this a lot with once again, <laughs> college educated white people is like, I just feel like even in real life, I get into these conversations where people are just like repeating what they're supposed to say. And I'm like, do you really feel that way? Do you really like, like that? Like, I also find it really strange when like white people like hate on themselves because they think they're supposed to and I'm like do you want to do that like like do you want to or are you just trying to show me that you've read the infographics and that you like know your place like I just I personally like I understand what's going on but I just like don't respect anyone who like hates themselves or like they're or like who uses that as like a way to show that they're good I just don't think that's right like I don't want to be around a self-deprecating white person like I just don't I really don't (laughs) Like, having the awareness is one thing, but, like, constantly, like, showing you're good for, like, a pat on the head is, like, a whole other thing. So, I feel like that shit's very bot-like. So, not a bot for me started there and then kind of evolved into this whole thing where in asking that question on my Instagram, do you feel like a bot today? Not a bot, bot. (laughs) Um, Kind of, like, opened up a new version of that for me of, like, deconditioning. It's like when I feel like a bot, it's because I'm conditioned to do something, whether that is a task that needs to be done that's like pesky and annoying, like getting a license or, um, you know, working a day job or something. And then bot and then not a bot is when I feel really liberated and in my art and in more spirit space. And then it just was another, just another binary way to describe my desires for non-binary existence. not a bot versus bot so it's a new one the hat is for me is coming in the mail um and i guess last one which is like the og is just sai swoon sai swoon sai i came up with that i remember very clearly i was in my i was still living with my parents sharing with my sister and i was falling in love with my second boyfriend who was the bigger the bigger one um the bigger deal to me and it was just so intense and I just remember being like, and I don't know why, I was just laying there. I was laying in my bed at night, like, texting him. And I think I was saying, like, swoon or something. And then I was just thinking about how, like, I don't remember that well, but I just remember coming up with it randomly and liking how it sounded. Like, sigh, swoon, sigh. Like, and I think I might have texted or something. But then later I came up with what it meant, which to me was that there's these moments where you're swooning and that's when you're falling in love with your big love of 2014 (laughs) and you're in your bed at night um and then there's a lot of size you know there's like i was probably working i was working at blick at the time i was in the midst of a breakup while i met this second person that i loved way more um and it was just a mixture you know and i was like life is full of a lot of size and they there's and sandwiched in between them is these big swoons and that's where that started and I would I ended up making a screen of that like a silk screen and a series of posters that I wheat pasted um, around the city I thought that people knew what that meant but when I told that to someone recently they were like what is that and so wheat paste which is really fun is something you make it's a glue you make out of mixing flour and water together <laughs> and you make this like gray glue that's like chill as hell and not chemicals and uh you mix it together you make a glue and then you can use it as a glue on like buildings and stuff so i would wheat paste (laughs) my antibiotics are hitting um my wheat paste i would would wheat paste these use that flour glue to put these posters around town um and then saisun was the name of my finsta for a while actually yeah and then 
I got tired of like my meme names and then I was like, okay, we can be Saisun now. Because I actually didn't make my username on the meme page Saisun because I was anonymous for so long and everyone would know it was me if I put Saisun because I had already made art with that phrase and everyone knew that I did. And then once everyone knew it was me, I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I wanted to be Saisun like the whole time. I just like couldn't give up my anonymity. Great. Okay. I hope that was fun. Um, it was exciting to think about the constantly shape-shifting thing again. And yeah, today I have some work to do, which is all good stuff. But once again, man, even good stuff fills me with fucking anxiety. Like, even the good stuff. <laughs> once again, constantly shape-shifting and adapting because I will adapt to this stuff just like I adapted to art shows and um, Patreon and everything that once freaked me the fuck out, so... Once again, constantly shape-shifting, adapting, and evolving is a hell of a drug, a hell of a truth, and why not? Um, yeah. Okay. I hope you have a wonderful week. I think next one I'm doing Q&As, so if you have any more to send me. Um, I got quite a, fit, a few in the messages, and know that I always consider the message ones as much as the public ones. Um... But yeah, send Q&As. I'll probably make that this weekend. One eleven. Okay, have a wonderful week. Thank you for being a patron. Um, and always, as always, let me know what you think and how you feel about everything. Because it really, really fuels into the content. Thank you so much, and I will see you around.